As I walked out one winter day, I met a man along the way. His head was bald, his beard was gray, his clothing made of the cold red clay, his clothing made of the cold red clay. Said, old man, what happened to you? What country did you belong unto? My name is Death, I've come for thee. Oh, kings and princes, bow down to me. Oh, kings and princes, bow down to me. It's Sunday, February 27th, 2022, and this is the third segment of Killers and Creeps. I'll give you gold, I'll give you pearls, I'll give you fine silk robes to wear. If you will grant me one season more, and give me some time, my life to amend. Give me some time, my life to amend. How you doing, everybody? This is your boy, Big Papa, and we got a great segment coming up for you. But before we do that, let's get all the official stuff out of the way. Like I said, this is Killers and Creeps. And if you would like a topic idea, suggestion, or et cetera, you can get us at killersandcreeps at gmail.com. That's killers, K-I-L-L-E-R-S, and creeps, A-N-D-K-R-E-E-P-S, at gmail.com. We tap, and you want to criticize us, tell us we're doing a horrible job, anything you like. You can also leave a voice message at anchor.fm backslash killersandcreeps. Just hit that message button, and it, you can record as long or as short as you need to. And uh, as embarrassing as it seems, you can see we don't have any advertising. Um, but if you would like to support us and what we're doing and to keep going on here, our cash app is dollar sign $RF4K. That's dollar sign $RF4K for that cash app. And we appreciate any donations. If you like a shout-out done for it or you want some type of ad or something like that, something mentioned, or you want a special topic, you know, it can all be worked out. And we want to be say, I'm saying very grateful to everybody. And I also would like to mention... Uh, check out the Justice for Eddie page on Facebook. I'll leave a link to it. That is uh, for Eddie Salado. He was murdered over a year ago now while hit and run in a hit and run accident. And they have a suspect vehicle. And there's videos on the Vermillion County Sheriff's page. And if you check out the Burning Bridges show, we just posted a podcast about that case. And we will be covering it more in depth on Killers and Creeps as time goes on. And I can put in more research. Now, today's segment is on the 10 most heinous crimes in Indy. And it is pretty fascinating. And we'll get right into it now. Uh, let's see, did I tell y'all everything? Yeah, I guess so. All right, well, number 10 is uh, the Irvington murders. Now, when the World's Fair came to Chicago in 1893, Herman W. Mudgett, also known as H.H. H. Holmes, built a hotel near the grounds. It was, in fact, a murder factory. It had secret rooms, gas lines for you know, choking out the victims, and basement furnaces for disposing of the bodies. Now, when the neighbors grew concerned, Holmes went on the lam to an Irvington cottage where he killed again, a boy whose mother entrusted him to Holmes' care after he promised to enroll the child in a good school. Okay, now, a detective from Philly, where Holmes had once been jailed for fraud, later found the remains. Holmes confessed to 27 murders. And now known as America's first serial killer, he was hanged in 1896. Wow, that's interesting. All right. Number nine, Grocer's wife suspected in bizarre double homicide. Once again, September 1868, 
The bodies of Jacob and Nancy Jane Young were discovered along the White River, riddled with gunshots. A tangled investigation fingered Nancy Clem, an unassuming grocer's wife allegedly involved in loan sharking. Huh. Despite evidence placing her at the scene of the Cold Spring murders and prosecution by future president Benjamin Harrison, Clem weathered five trials and got only four years in jail for perjury and forgery. Huh. Benjamin Harrison, huh? Interesting. Now, number eight. Four dead in Burger Chef murders. Burger Chef. Oh, here we go. Okay, November 18, 1978. The four-person night staff at a Burger Chef and Speedway simply vanished. Days later, their bodies turned up in Johnson County. Two had been shot, one stabbed, and the other beaten until he choked on his own blood. More than three decades have passed, yet the perpetrators are still unknown. The restaurant was relieved of a paltry $581, but some theorize the motive was more than robbery. Only the killers know, and they aren't talking. That is still an unsolved case. I looked into it. That's amazing, the cold cases. Well, over 65% of the case, uh, murder cases from just last year, which was a record year in Indianapolis, are still unsolved. Over 65%. It's a really hard job, I guess, to solve them. Number seven, millionaires robbed and killed in Northside home. Eccentric Northside widow Marjorie Jackson, whose late husband had been heir to the former Standard Grocery chain, stashed a considerable fortune around her house on Spring Mill Road. When word of the pile got out, a cast of unsavory characters lined up to make some unauthorized withdrawals. The first heist nabbed close to $2 million, and then, on May 7, 1977, bandits took Jackson's life as well as her loot, shooting her dead in the kitchen and running off with approximately $3 million more. The killer, Howard Billy Joe Willard, and his accomplice, Manuel Lee Robinson, were quickly apprehended by the authorities but it is thought that several million dollars of Jackson's riches remain unaccounted for for this day. Now, that's the stuff that leads to treasure hunts, huh? The, the money could still be out there somewhere. Hmm. Boy, that house was torn apart. All right, let's come up on this number six. Deadly Love Triangle ensnares Eli Lilly Executive. Husband, father, and Eli Lilly Vice President Forrest Heal appeared to be the very model of 1950s propriety. That is, until his mistress, former company employee Connie Nicholas, discovered that Teal was cheating on her as well. 1958, Nicholas surprised him in his car outside the second mistress's apartment on East 38th Street and pumped a few slugs into him. Dang. In a splashy trial that was covered in Life magazine, the jury found Nicholas pictured at the top. Oh, boy. Guilty of all. I can't show pictures on this shit. I don't have video. Guilty of only voluntary manslaughter after buying her assertion that the gun went off accidentally four times. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, well, I say, you know, no fury, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. Now we are at number five, and which is powerful clan leader outed as a sex offender. Now, this is about D.C. Stevenson, who I did a previous podcast on, if you want to look him up. Um, it's a really good podcast. It's probably the first big full podcast we did for Killers and Creeps. This guy in the 20s basically ran Indiana. Uh, he ran the state Ku Klux Klan network and actually 24 other states. Um, he made it one of the most active, powerful clans that ever was. And he got many politicians elected, including, you know, Governor Edward L. Jackson. And it all came apart in about 1925. Stevenson was charged with abducting, raping, and um, causing the death of a young woman who poisoned herself while the two were in a hotel in Hammond. 
Now, like I said, there's a pot, the pot, first podcast I did was on this gentleman. If you'd like to see or more about it, please check out the pol- uh, the politics, politics, uh, murder, and the Klan. I believe that's what the title of it was. But it was the one previous to this one. That's a good one. Now, uh, what brings us to number four. Now, heavyweight champ convicted of raping beauty pageant contestant. This is old Mikey Tyson. Fearsome boxer Mike Tyson got cold cocked by justice after he was accused in 1991 of raping a Miss Black America hopeful in downtown in his downtown Canterbury Hotel suite. The highly publicized trial resulted in a sentence of 60 years for three counts, one for rape and two for criminal deviant conduct. A model prisoner, Tyson served only three years total in, accom- in accommodations far more Spartan than the Canterbury. Okay, yeah, he, he's out doing really good for himself. Now he's fighting again. And, you know, uh, mm. Number three, bodies unearthed on the property of Westfield businessman. It seemed Herm Ballmeister, now this guy was a real, that's, it's, mm, this is a good one. Herb, Herb Baumeister was a respectable citizen and family man, but it was a cover for his other identity as a serial killer. The Save-A-Lot owner liked to cruise gay bars, take men back to his palatial Hamilton County home, and uh, murder them, basically. He would kill them. And uh, he buried the corpses 18. On his 18 acres, He buried. that's where he buried all these corpses. Now, acting on a tip from a man claiming to have escaped Baumeister's home unscathed, Police searched the grounds in 96 and discovered the skeletal remains of over 11 males. Only four of the men have ever been identified. Baumeister drove to Canada and shot himself before the authorities could prosecute him. What a scumbag. Uh, number two. Angry landowner holds mortgage broker hostage. Small-time businessman Tony Curtis. 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 Convinced himself that Richard O. Hall, an executive at Indianapolis-based Meridian Mortgage Company, had cheated him in a land deal. So on February 8, 1977, he burst into Meridian's downtown offices, wired a shotgun to Hall's neck, and staged a 63-hour hostage standoff. Much of it broadcast on live TV. He gave up after being told that he'd get an apology, immunity from prosecution, and a large sum of money. He only received the apology. Christus was acquitted by reason of insanity, spent a decade in a mental institution, and was back on the streets in 1998. He died a free man in 2005. Wow. (laughs) Now, number one, the number one most heinous crime in Indianapolis is 16-year-old Sylvia Likens tortured, killed by caregiver. In 1965, Gertrude Benazuski was hired to look after sisters Sylvia and Jenny Likens ages 16 and 15. Banaszewski and her daughter Paula, along with some neighborhood kids, took a pathological dislike to Sylvia, harassing and locking her in the basement of their east side home, where they tortured her until she died on October 26, 1965. The condition of the girl's frail body and the words, I'm a prostitute, etched onto her stomach. And, her, and horrific courtroom testimony might have won the Benuskis a triple-to-death row. Instead, they got life. Gertrude left prison in 85. Paula wound up in Iowa with a new name, working as a teacher's aide. So they're out there on the streets. That's sickening. Well, that's the top 10 most heinous crimes in Indy. If you have an idea for a topic or want to see something covered, hit us up at Killers and Creeps, K-I-L-L-E-R-S-A-N-D-K-R-E-E-P-S at gmail.com. That's Killers and Creeps, Creeps with a K. 
at gmail.com. Send us any compliments, complaints, anything. Feel free to send that in. Or you can click on anchor.fm backslash Burning Bridges Show or Killers and Creeps and leave a voice message. And since I said it, Burning Bridges Show is our other podcast. have about three seasons worth of content over there. A lot of it great. Um, now, we have no advertising. So if you would like to support the program, or, you know, so we can continue bringing up these great topics and covering these great Indiana parts of history. Uh, the Cash App is RF4K. Dollar sign RF4K on that Cash App. And get you, you want a shout out, you want a little advertising for it. We can work it out. Now, let's see. That'll be good for this episode. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in. And as always, stay black. As I walked out one winter day, I met a man along the way. His head was bald, his beard was gray, his clothing made of the cold red clay, his clothing made of the cold red clay. I said, old man, what happened to you? What country did you belong unto? My name is Death, I've come for thee. All kings and princes bow down to me. All kings and princes bow down to me.